still, and I am really excited to have a special guest on the show this week, Ange Hartman. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Steph. I'm so happy to be here. Well, you know, Ange, you and I have gone back and forth in trying to schedule this, and I think it's really perfect, and I mentioned that we're in the midst of COVID, because the time that the universe wanted us to record this was in a time of epic change. And I was sharing with you just before we hit record that I look to you as someone who has made such big and courageous leaps of change in your life to date. And now we get to actually speak about that. And so for our listeners, a Vancouver hero is Ange Hartman. She's the general manager of our favorite shop, Turf. And Ange and I, well, Ange and the Corkers met way back at Lululemon. And Ange was responsible for opening so many stores and managing so many of the store locations across the U.S. and in Canada. And was also Canadian and so left the U.S., came back to Canada, gave birth to Turf brought the class from New York to Canada, and I want to riff on all of those things. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much. Okay, where do we begin? I want to know about the first time you left Canada and decided to live somewhere else. And for context, moving is arguably one of the top three most stressful things that people do, and you left and went to another country and then continued to do that many times. So tell me about your first move. Yeah. The first decision was to move and take this role. It was a temporary role at the time. So it was nine months right before Lululemon went public and they wanted to kind of bring these, like I'm doing air quotes, like experts from Canada into the U.S. to support with all the store openings that was going to happen when we went public. So there was like a couple locations that we could choose from. I applied for the job and I moved to Houston, Texas, originally for nine months. And then I signed on as a regional manager there and I ended up staying in Houston for two years. Get out. Yeah, it was pretty wild. That's like, I mean... That's not even just a moving countries. It's like feels like sometimes was like moving to like another planet, but it was amazing. It was so amazing and amazing to kind of be in that part of the US when I knew no one, not one person. And Texans are very friendly, they're very outgoing, and they definitely want to make you feel at home. So it was a really amazing experience for me. Wow. Okay. And you went from Texas. Where else? What did this journey of movement throughout the U.S. look like for you? Yeah. So I lived in Houston for what ended up being, I think, just over two years. And then I really wanted to get to L.A. That was like where my heart was being called. I surf. I love being outside. So a regional manager position came open in L.A. I took it. I lived in L.A. for, I think, five years. I had my first baby when I lived in L.A met my husband, obviously, when I lived in LA. And then from LA, I went to New York and ran the business uh, on the eastern part of the US. I had a second baby there. 
And I was there for three years and then uh, took a job back at the head office in Vancouver. And I thought I would just be passing through for like a couple years, like just do like a little stint in Vancouver, thinking that I'd make my way back to LA at some point. But then here I am, you know, life is smarter than us. That's what I think. So mm. yeah, so here I am, home sweet home. So 10 years all in all in the States and now back to home sweet home in Vancouver. Wow. I want to know what you learned about yourself while moving to new locations that you hadn't lived in before. Yeah, that's a, such a good question. I mean, I feel like what I feel like saying is like, I, I learned how like resilient I am and, and that everything is just part of the bigger journey. So it's sometimes it's like this sh too shall pass. So my experience of like implanting myself into a new location is like zero to six months can be really lonely. Like you don't have anyone to call at the end of the day. And I had a lot of like work colleagues and really nice people. And we had lots of things to do during the work day. And then I would go home at night and kind of be by myself. And so that part could be lonely. And then six months to kind of the first year, I started to like put down roots in a place and like establish more routines and like start to kind of find my people. And so I learned a lot about like patience and like resiliency and just like knowing that this, whatever stage I was in, it was just part of what was supposed to happen, hmm. you know? And I also learned home, home is where I am. Mm. So I don't feel even here in Vancouver, which is my home where I'm born and I feel so happy to be here. I'm not looking to go anywhere else, but home is where I am and my children and my husband. And that could be halfway around the world. It could be in New York. It could be here. It, it doesn't matter. Location doesn't matter. The world is actually really small and it just is where I am. I can make myself feel really peaceful where I am. Hmm. That's amazing. I want to acknowledge that you are the face and a super strong leader at TERF. And I want to come back to that. But I think what you just said is so relevant to how we're navigating COVID right now. And so there is a period of time, that onset of loneliness or the onset of uncertainty, and then you move into a different phase. And I truly hope that we're not in the six months, you know, I hope we're not zero to six months here, but we might be, we don't know. Yeah. And we are, you know, about four or five weeks in. And so what have you learned or are there even parallels of some of the other journeys of change that you have been on to now these last, you know, five weeks of, of COVID and, and this period of change? Yeah. I mean, there is parallels. That's what's so amazing. If you sit to think about it, there is a surrender that happens. For me, I, it was like I was in Texas. I was newly single. I knew not one person. I had no, like no friends, no one to call. I was working by myself. No stores were open. No, no one even knew how to pronounce Lululemon, you know? So it was just, and, and there was a full like surrender that I had to allow so that I could move forward in the work. So instead of comparing what it was, you know, what's Lululemon in Canada or what's, you know, this or whatever, I just had to allow what was going to be happen. And so when I think about where I am right now and the, even the journey of my own 
personal feelings of dealing with like the COVID pandemic is like, I had to get to a place of, you know, from denial to like frustration, sadness, you know, when we had to lay off staff into full surrender and that I have no control over this. And, you know, it's just gonna, whatever is meant to happen is going to happen. And as soon as I allowed that process to happen, like a whole new way of being opened up for me and it didn't have to feel hard or sad or like work, it could actually feel really great, you know? And so that's what I, that's the space that I'm in right now. That's amazing. And I so acknowledge that everyone is processing this or dealing with things and on different timeframes and some of it they don't have control over, you know, in this case, you are in control of the business. And in some places, people aren't in control of their roles or of, of their jobs, but that's part of this, you know, this cycle of when we are able to surrender and when we're not, you said something really brilliantly before we hit record. And that was getting over being constantly disappointed. Mm. And I think that that's so relevant because there are things being canceled, schools are being shut, there's still a lot of unknowns. And I just want to know flat out, like, what did it take to not be disappointed? Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, I feel really lucky. I get Mm. to be with amazing leaders. Mm. So it really was on one of our calls one day, which was with Delaney and Deanne and myself and Warren, one of the other leaders at Turf. And we were on our management call and really was Delaney who was talking about, is it possible to allow any expectation? And as negative as it sounds, almost even like any hope, of what it's supposed to look like or what is or isn't going to happen. And is it possible to just let that go so that every week or whatever the time frame you have in your mind, when it happens, it's like you won't be disappointed, right? So is it possible just to kind of like almost like give up hope? It's not the way I would word it, but it's that feeling of like not being attached to what's supposed to happen. And then from that place, if you can get there, everything actually starts to feel like a win. Mm. Another day that turf gets to keep the doors open, like arms in the air, like celebration, like hallelujah. Like that's beautiful. Yeah. So it really was her who urged us to think about not getting stuck in what should be, Mm. what could be, what the experts are saying, and actually just give up all of that so that we don't have to feel disappointed. And then everything can start to feel like a win. Gosh, Ange, I'm super vibrating. I'm like, yes, can we give up hope so that we can be open to everything else that can come? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, to that, you also shared that it, this time and this space has allowed you to be more creative and you're learning new things and things you had on the back burner or you wanted to do, you're in right now. And so I want to know, how does it feel to be creative and what are you learning? Yeah. So my journey, and we spoke to it a little bit. It's like I went through the hard part of like feeling really sad or angry about this thing. I felt disconnected and didn't want to engage. And then I moved into this place of like, everything's a win now. And on, with that, I felt like a lot of creativity. There's a lot of freedom. We can try new and different things every day. And things that we 
always wanted to do at turf. So like an example is like, we always wanted to live stream classes. It was in the plan. We talked about it six months before we ever opened the doors and we've never done it or I've never done it. I should take responsibility for that. It's like, I've never figured out how to make that happen or prioritized. And now obviously was the perfect opportunity to figure some of these things out. So it was pretty amazing, I think, how scrappy, but still like on brand and quality, these things can come together when you have the right team, you know? And so literally less than a week, it's like we figured out how to do digital classes, put them up and had so many people sign up, which was amazing. Oh my gosh. Seriously. So it's like, yeah. So it's just kind of like that. It's like from that to updating the website because of course everything's online to opening the grocery store because people need groceries because you can't even get into the whole foods and so all these things that were like always part of what we wanted to do we're now really able to like lean in and then try things and some things don't work and that's okay we just move on the next day you know yeah I know I feel really lucky to be in business with Matt and he is so of the same vein. It's like, try it and it might work and people might show up or they might not and we get to move past it. And one of the things that I'm really taking away from right now is this, a new relationship with failure or a new relationship with trying. It doesn't even feel like a failure. It's like, we tried, it didn't work, next. And it's like the inertia to keep going. And I think that's so neat. And so in the name of celebrating that, can you share one or two things that you've tried that have totally flopped? Yeah. So such a good question. I mean, pre-COVID, I feel like my entire life is like trial and error. But post-COVID, I think the thing that I'm thinking about is really there was this really long period of time. I mean, it's just like one or two weeks where I just felt like from a leadership perspective, like a, a lack of leadership from myself to the team. And, and that was that period of time where I said that I was feeling just like, uh, like I felt like sad and crushed and discouraged. And I didn't know, like I started to lack my own confidence in being able to like lead this team that needed me. I felt disconnected. And, and to be honest, I didn't even want to go there, like with myself, with, so you know, when I think of what a failure could be, that to me, my team really needed me those first couple of weeks. In the day-to-day, I was doing the best that I could, but it did take me a moment to like shake off all the things that I was personally processing at the time. And then now I can look back and be like, whoa, next time I'm going to do whatever I need to do in like 24 hours, whether it's like sit in freaking Shavasana doing some breath work for 24 hours to kick myself into gear to be able to get myself where I need to be for the team and for myself too, right? Totally. Yourself, your family. Thanks for sharing that. It's so honest of you and you, which I think we can change or not even shift gears, but just move into the world of turf because you are a leader at turf from a location and brick and mortar perspective. However, you also are the lead, the class instructor, and people certainly look to you on a weekly basis in that room on those mats for high vibe Ange, and that comes with a lot of responsibility. You don't get to like be tired and go in and lead that class. You are 
all on, all lights, all energy high. And now that's an online experience. I actually want, I really want to riff on the class. I want to learn about your first experience and then the power and bringing it to Vancouver. Yeah. Can we go there? Yeah, totally. Oh, tell me about like the origin of you and Taryn yeah. in New York. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I lived in New York. I heard from my friend, Amanda Kasgar, who was also living in New York at the time that she's, all she kept saying was like, Ange, you're going to love this class. I have to take you to this class. And at that time it was super still like underground, you know, it was like at a kid's dance studio in Tribeca and it did have a cult following, but it was like underground still. Like if you lived in New York, you knew about it. If you were outside of New York, you didn't, you know? Mm -hmm. And she took me and I did have a great like first class experience, but what I just really remember for myself was the experience was like cumulative. It wasn't the first time that hooked me. It wasn't the second time, but it was all these experiences back to back to back to open myself up to like, what is happening in this room, you know? And so it really was, I would say, over maybe a six-month period where I started to see that the changes that I was creating for myself on the mat in that room was starting to like pour over into my life. And that's when I started to feel like, whoa, this thing is really powerful. Mm. And then from there, I just really took it on. You know, mm. if you know my personality, it's like, it's all or nothing, right? Mm. So. I really jumped in with both feet and, you know, Taryn still today is my teacher and I went on retreats. I had a, a weekly practice where I went and then I just kept doing that for years and years, the whole time I was in New York. So. And you haven't really stopped then yeah. you, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. And how did that impact the leader that you then became and have become and continue to become at TERF? Because for context, you were there right from the beginning of turf, of turf being born, of it being created. And you went from Lululemon, which was probably a billion dollars by the time you had left, to then coming in with two feet and a big heart to open something new. And tell me about that. Yeah. So let me think about that. So, I mean, what the class has taught me from like a leadership perspective is that we process things through the body. And so for me, being engaged in my physical body allows me to be fully present. Like right now with you, I, you know, I taught the class this morning and being engaged in my physical body allows me to be fully engaged in this day and in this moment with you. Mm. So I have that noticing of, for myself of like feeling disengaged, like, oh, I don't really wanna do that, or oh, I feel like I just wanna lay on the couch. That's a signal to me of like, not just a physical disengagement, but actually something much bigger. Mm. So for me, I have the luxury of having a role that allows me to physically be with people like most of the time not right now but most of the time we're in a space together yeah i get to teach so i get to work through that so i get to be in like i think a bigger expression of myself because of that mm. you know yeah. yeah cool and you started turf like i said right at the very beginning and 
I mean, forget COVID, we're all going to grow and come out the other side. And what is the vision? Where are you headed with the class, with the grocery store, with your involvement as a leader and creating something so juicy in our community? Where are you going? Yeah, it's such a good question. I mean, I feel in such a time of reflection right now because where I thought we were going four months ago now might look really different and that's actually turning out to be such a gift. Mm. So I don't know for sure if I could like answer that, but what I do know is that this experience has made me see even more clearly how special the community that we have built has happened. So, you know, you can still come into turf because you can still get your groceries and pick up a coffee and take everything to go. And literally I've had people come in. I had one woman come in last week and she started weeping at the till. She didn't know she was even going to cry, but she just started crying. Like I, I for, I didn't realize how much I missed this place. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this has gotten me so connected to like, this is really something special that we're creating. And you don't just walk into any space and feel what you feel in the four walls of turf. Mm-hmm. And so what I do know is that that feeling and that community generating that's happening and bringing people together, that is, that is the game. So yeah, I could talk about the strategies of the grocery store and growing the delivery business and, and that's all great. But what we're really, what I'm really doing as a leader is growing that community in every location that we choose to open and bring more of that into the world. That's what I care about. Gosh, I I just have goosebumps all over from all of these things, like the power of change, the power of change that we choose versus the change that occurs in life that we don't choose, and then our reactions and responses to it, and the consciousness by which you're choosing to lead right now is palpable, and I love it, and I feel it, and I just want you to turn up your music and dance. (laughs) Yeah. Shake it all out. out. (laughs) Um, Before we dive into our final last question though, I have to ask how, um, how COVID is impacting you as a human beyond work. And I'm mindful that one of the biggest changes with COVID does impact our work, maybe where we're spending our days or how we're spending our days. And yet I never want to overlook the reality that you are so much more than Ange at Turf. Mm. And there is in fact so much more about your beautiful juicy life. And what have you learned about yourself outside of your work during this time? Yeah. You know, there's a simplicity that I'm really appreciating right now. Uh, We were chatting before we started today about how I've literally left my car in the back alley of turf for six weeks. And I've been able to have the luxury of walking down and walking back up. And, you know, more days than not, my kids actually come and like pick me up at work or they stop by and like just for like a little hello, because of course they're not in school right now and we're trying to keep them active and outside and doing all the things. And so there's like this simple thing happening in life right now, which is like walking to work, spending more time with the girls. I have two young girls, spending time with my family, eating dinner out on the front porch by like 5.30 or 6 o'clock almost every day. And 
I really am appreciating that Mm. and mindful for myself of like, you know, when the world changes again, like I'll, I'll just be in this like beautiful new routine and then it's going to flip on, it flipped me on it in my head again. You know, I'm really mindful of how good this feels Mm. to be so connected with my girls and showing them what I do every day and really telling like turf is a huge part of my life and I don't want to shelter them from it. I want to teach them and show them and show them what it looks like to be super passionate about what you're doing. And uh, I feel like that's what I've had the honor of being able to do. I love it. I love it. I love it. Simple. And I'm so with you. I feel like we're on a light switch. Like we don't know when the switch is going to happen. And yet it does feel like a light switch where it's not like, oh, the lights just come back on and everything is as we knew it to be. It's like the light will switch and there might only be one bulb that turns on. So then what? And that feels pretty cool. Okay. I hate this. We're out of time. I could riff with you for so long, but our favorite last question that we wrap every podcast with is what is currently making your heart beat faster? Oh, that's such a good one, Steph. Um, (laughs) I mean, this is like not going to be like super cool or whatever, but I really feel called to my goals. So I've been, I started yesterday actually re-looking at my goals and for anyone who hasn't done their goals, uh, you know, I do a 10, a five and a one year. And I, with this new lens of like possibility that I never saw for myself before. And there's some things on there that it's like my armpits start sweating and I get like really nervous about what is truly possible for like the biggest expression of myself in this world. And, and so, yeah, there's like a few things on there from who I want to be as a leader and really like diving into continuing the personal work of my development journey and I'm not putting that on the back burner just because I'm super busy at turf. So there's a 10 week course that I'm looking at taking that's I think really going to help me with that. And so it's really like about my goals and not reinvention, but just like it's, it feels like natural now, like the next phase of like what's possible. Can I ask what the 10 week course is? Yeah, it's, um, okay. So her name is Brie Mellison. I hope I'm saying your name right, Brie. She does breath work. She does some like psychic work and the 10 week course that I'm super interested in taking every week you dive into something different. So one, she works on like your lineage and like what you may have inherited from your parents that you might still be carrying around. Some weeks is like focused on your goals and it's all about unleashing your biggest potential and bringing that into the world. So 10 different weeks of all this different work from like trauma to your heritage and your lineage to your goals to your patterns to where you're stuck. So yeah, I've been looking at I literally was like looking at it yesterday. I haven't signed up yet, but it's in the goals, Steph. It's in the goals. I love it. I will make sure to link to Brie below. Team Corker is a huge fan of Brie's. Brie does work with our buddy Jack Jennings, and they have done a lot of really neat retreats that sadly I think will be canceled this year. But if there's online or if there's other ways to be accessing this, brilliant and so, so wonderful. You know, I said that it feels like a lot of my goals were canceled this year. 
but my dreams aren't. And so I love that you remind us that, you know, the 10 year and five year and one year and, you know, the athlete in me might say that there's a start line that's canceled, but the dream lives on and the dream isn't canceled. And it's a time to renovate some goals to say which goals are still possible in different ways. It's a beautiful reminder. We don't need to reinvent, but we do get to recreate before the year is over and we get to continue to create for what this means for this chapter in all of our lives. So Ange, I love that you forever will be the champion to hold to making decisions that align to our goals. Even during this time, of course, it's what comes up for you. I love that I get to riff with you when you have the class voice because you've just taught and poured it out in the morning. And I can't wait to come and see you at Turf, really and truly. It is something really special in those four walls. And we can't wait to be back there. You can still visit us. So technically, you were allowed five people in the building. You can still pick up a coffee and a muffin. And you can come say hello to us. You can pick up your groceries. You can take your to-go food. And we love seeing you. So, you know, all of you can still come and engage and be part of the community that we're creating. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love it.